Welcome to the Boston Society of the New Jerusalem's Church on the Hill podcast. If you like it, consider joining us at 140 Bowden Street in Boston for more, or visit us on the web at churchonthehillboston.org. Please be seated. Um, hold on a second. Morning got away from me. I have to get my robe on. All righty. <clears throat> okay. <sighs> Busy day. <sighs> Busy day. My wife, my daughter's sick, by the way. This is real. This is, this is not part of the story. She has like 102 degree fever. My wife couldn't come today. I didn't know how to get dressed. Um, could you help me, maybe? I'm just wondering. I have some, I have some things here. We'll wait to put the shoes on. I'm guessing probably most of you here have never seen me wearing shorts. Okay, there's one person in here who's seen me wearing shorts, and she has a very special reason for why she's seen me wear shorts. I wear shorts once a year. Well, for one week a year, I wear shorts. I don't like wearing shorts outside of one week a year. That's why I gave up a lawn to mow. For one week a year, I run a summer camp. There's no air conditioning. The dining room gets up to like 98 degrees. If you don't wear shorts, you die. <laughs> it's true. So what, what would it mean if I came to church this morning wearing these shorts? What do you think? Well, sure, we have a winter advisory going on. That's not fair. But, I mean, how would you feel if you showed up to a church and I was wearing these shorts as the minister of the church? What's he doing? Would you, do you think you'd take me seriously? Maybe some of you would. The bathrobe works, though. The bathrobe works, though, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll throw away the shorts here and not use those. And now this, what does it mean? Oh, how about these? What, is it, what, would it, what does it mean for me to wear these pants? It's more appropriate. It, what does it say? It says, I really like my legs being covered up. I could wear jeans. Some people really like, I hate jeans, by the way. Really heavy on the legs. I actually find slacks to be nice and light. But these are pressed. You have to buy these. You have to press them. You have to take care of them in a different way. They look a little nicer than jeans. What does that say? When someone looks at me and sees me in shorts, which is, well, I'm casual, I just want to be comfortable, what does this say to you? Pride. It means I take you seriously. So I'm going to, maybe, all right, so let's see here. All righty. All right. Good view. All right. All righty. Okay. There we go. Whew. Huh? Oh, that happens sometimes. Good. All righty. Actually, I'm stuck with the rubber band there. All right, now what about shirts? Do you want to know something weird about me? This is my favorite t-shirt. 
the greatest American flowchart. So this is, a, this is a unique reference. There's a television show from the early 80s called The Greatest American Hero about a guy who receives a flying superpower shirt from an alien race but loses the instruction manual. <laughs> so he's completely incompetent and bumbling when he does it. And I love flowcharts. So my brother found this for me. This is a flowchart of the opening line to the theme song. This is what I love to wear. Only in private, though. No one ever sees me in t-shirts, unless you're at my summer camp where it's 98 degrees in the kitchen. Then I have a week, a whole week of t-shirts. I have a different t-shirt for every day of the week that has a different inside joke <laughs> on it about the camp. Now, the camp's only, we only wear red and white, so it's kind of like these, but things like the flag-raising song, things about the monsters that live in the lake. People deny they exist. They're there. They've bitten me, I know. <laughs> but what does it say at that camp setting when I wear a t-shirt to those people that have inside camp jokes? It says the same thing as wearing these pants. It says, I respect them. It says I respect them, but it's a different environment. It's a different type of respect. So when you wear this shirt, okay, I wasn't going to change my shirt in front of everybody. This shirt has meaning. It says something about what I think, what I believe, and what I respect. In the same way the t-shirt does, but in a different environment, you need to wear something different. So going on with that camp thing, these are the shoes I wear at camp. These are atrociously ugly shoes. But they're red and white. Well, they're Crocs, but they're red and white. That's the main point. The camp colors, red and white. Everything about what I wear when I put on my clothes, red and white is about saying, I love this camp and I'm happy to be here. What does it say if I preach in these? Does it say that I respect people I care? Does it look like he just likes to wear? My son loves Crocs. He'll go out in negative degree temperatures wearing Crocs. Why? They're comfortable. What does it mean to actually wear polished and uncomfortable shoes? <laughs> Means you need to spend more money on your shoes? No. <laughs> Make them more comfortable? No, it's a sign of respect. What does it mean to say that you have shoes that you actually have to sit down, polish, and rub, or pay someone to do it? What does that mean? It means in order to appear before you all, I want to take care of myself in doing this little bit of things to show you as a sign of respect. It's a communication. This is getting really hot. Whew. So I'll take it out and try to figure out what I wear next. Um, my junior college, by the way, was the Montgomery College Knights. I then went to college at Urbana University, a school founded by Swedenborgians, and they were the Blue Knights. Well, now I'm doing things at Boston University, and I'm a terrier, I guess, officially now. So what does it mean to identify myself? We, we wear shirts and we put on logos for a reason. Like Andy loves skiing and mountain climbing. He has the North Face logo on there. No. <laughs> but we all have logos that we put on all the time. 
What are they saying? By, by saying, I'm a Boston Terrier, what does that say about me? Well, a lot like this, right? What does it say that I'm wearing this shirt? But, get sleeves down, I'm going to put on my other jacket over here. What does it say to put on one of these? Anybody who'd like to know the history of it, Reverend Leach is a little bit more accurate. Which is, this is the gown that you wore when you went to college. Educated people of the day, judges, lawyers, civil servants, people who were educated, wore the academic gown. Guess what ministers were back in the day? They were the educated folk. Uh, there weren't as many washing machines back then, so they were black. The Swedenborgian Church, we passed a policy to always wear white. So you want to know, some people asked, why do you wear a white robe and Reverend Leach wears a black robe? And I said, well, you know, good cowboy, bad cowboy. But no, the reason why the Swedenborgian, my denomination, this is what you wear. For those who don't know, by the way, this stole changes with the other fabrics in the room because they're trying to communicate something. So during the highest holy days, you always wear white. Now someone can say, today's not a high holy day. Well, we celebrate Easter for a long time. So Easter's white for a very long time. It is not that somebody forgot to take down the Easter banners, right? We are still celebrating Easter because it's such a cool time. When it's normal time, what they call ordinary time, the stole is green and all that stuff's green, it's trying to communicate something. Our story today is one of my favorite stories because all the Bible stories are my favorite stories. Our story today talks about a guy who got new clothes and then got his robe ripped up. Anybody remember how many pieces he got it ripped up into? Got it ripped into 12. That was a trick question there. 12 pieces. It's symbolic. Each of those pieces represents one of the tribes of the 12 tribes of Israel. And the fact that two were missing meant very bad things for the two that were missing. It meant that God was going to cast those groups into exile. It was a bad thing. The Bible's full of stories of people rending their garments when bad things happen. Why? It's because the stuff we wear matters and it says things. What does it say that I have dress shoes on? Well, I can tell you one thing it says. I am not going hiking today. Yesterday, I hoped to put on ice skates and go ice skating with my daughter. It didn't happen. But if I wore my ice skates up here, I would look funny. And I would probably fall. If I wore these shoes on the ice, I'd probably slip and fall there. Different shoes mean different things. It means, what are we preparing to do in our journey? Shoes mean things. In the Bible, they mean things too. In the book of Ruth, they have this weird custom of taking off a shoe and giving it to someone. Our clothes mean things. What does it mean to get dressed? I don't know how many of you spend a long time thinking about getting dressed. This morning I had to 
remember to wear my black suit because I have an emergency black suit that I keep here. That way I wouldn't actually have to change my pants in front of you all. Their legs were just rubber banded up, part of the illusion. What is it that you think about when you wear things? It's actually protected in law. I don't know if you're aware of that. Freedom of speech, what you wear. Our legal code acknowledges that what we wear is a part of who we are. Now, there's another part of who we are, which is the stuff that gets covered up. We have, not only on the outside of our body, a physical clothing and then an inner skin, but we have an outward personality or an outward persona that we put on, and we have an inward one that no one ever sees. Our inward one is really hard to change. It does happen slowly over time. We can change our inward persona, but it's hard. And do you know what it takes? Have you ever heard the statement, clothes make the man? What it takes to change our inward self is to focus on what we wear on the outside. Oh my goodness. Focus what we wear on the outside. Because the things that we do matter. If what we do is wear shoes of selfishness that are only going to help us run into ourselves, well, our journey is going to lead us that way, and our inner, our inner body is going to become a selfish body. If we wear shoes that are about walking toward loving others, well, then, then our inner body goes that direction also. What about gloves? Ever think about gloves? We don't wear gloves the way they used to wear gloves. People used to wear much more haberdashery. Hats and gloves, all that stuff. Different gloves do different things. As a person who's been through the fire service, I needed four sets of gloves as a fireman. Right? And each glove had a different purpose. There was gloves for fighting fires. There were gloves for working in car wrecks. There were gloves for doing tool-based things, you know, like uh, ripping houses apart after fires and things like that. Um, anyone know what the last one was? Rubber gloves for doing medical calls. We can put on different ways of interacting with the world. We have different spiritual gloves that we can don. We have people who the way they engage in the world is about reaching out. We have food service gloves, you know, people who really try and feed people. We have mechanics gloves, people who help people get places. All of these different types of clothing say something about who we are. In our gospel story today, where is it? Here it is. In our gospel story today, we have some interesting things that happen. Jesus appears before them, and he doesn't say, hey guys, it's me. He says, look at my body. Because for Jesus, what he wore and what his skin was, was the same. His inside person, his outer person, they were the same thing. He walked up and said, hey guys, look, I'm back. And do you know what they said? Yeah, I don't believe you. That's what the story says. I'm paraphrasing. This is the new, new, new living translation. And so they're talking, and he asks them for food, and they're still not believing him. 
And then when it's time for him to leave, he says, you guys just stay right here. What am I going to do when you're ready? I am going to clothe you from on high. Do you think Jesus was going to send Amazon to give them clothes? That's not what it's talking about. Being clothed by power from on high means preparing them to actually wear the spiritual clothes they need to do their work and their ministry. So my question again to you is what does it mean for you to get dressed? That's what our stories are about today in many ways. What does it mean for you to get dressed? It means, in our scriptures, about being a better disciple. What does it mean when you see God and you are not ready to wear God on the outside of your being? Now, I want to be clear. Anybody who likes to, um, you can buy these clothes without showing any evidence of being ordained. You can even buy graduation robes that are Harvard graduation robes without showing a diploma. You can get these nice, somewhat cheap plastic collars. They're about $3 a piece, very expensive plastic. They've been purified. You can get clergy shirts, much more, actually they're more expensive than regular shirts, so if you're trying to save money, don't say, oh, clergy people don't have a lot of money, so they're going to discount those shirts. Now they jack the prices up. (laughs) Anyone can go out and get these clothes. Anyone can buy these. We can fake whatever it is we want to fake. Anyone ever hear of the Universal Life Church? Universal Life Church made very hip in the 1970s when people realized I could get ordained and I could use the tax benefits for clergy. I would get cheaper airline tickets. I can get free parking in hospital parking lots. I can get all sorts of perks if I just... $25 if you mail it in, you could actually get ordained by other members for free. But if you want the credentialing, you had to pay the $25 to get the official certificate from the Universal Life Church. You could pretend to be a church. All the stuff that we are doing on the surface, you can pretend to do. And you can fool one another. It's like lying. We can do a lot to hurt the person sitting next to us. That doesn't change who we are on the inside. My question is, when you get dressed, in other words, when you do the things that make you you to everyone around you, are you telling them the truth? See, the disciples were officially consecrated by Jesus to be the disciples, but they were told to stay put for a very simple reason. They were not willing at that point to be who they needed to carry the gospel message forward. We love to look at the Bible, even early, and and treat the disciples as these great saints that, that are beyond reproach. The disciples in the Bible, read it, they're not smart. They're not very successful. Some argue that it's written this way in order to encourage you as the reader to say, hey, I get it better than the disciples do. The disciples in the Bible are a tool 
to help Jesus illustrate what it means to love. It is about teaching people what to do. It's about helping you wear these spiritual clothes that the disciples eventually receive when they go to leave. Those spiritual clothes are what does it mean to actually have real purpose in your heart. Much to many people's dismay, God does not care if you are rich or poor. God does not care if you have any of the material things. People seem to miss this. Throughout Scripture, over and over again, people keep waiting for God to come in their image. Right? The people of Israel didn't want Moses. They wanted somebody else. And Moses turns out to be the guy who did it. You look, the entire lineage of Jesus and the entire lineage of the royal family of Israel is very problematic. David is kind of a philandering, murdering guy. The king of the chosen people is not very nice. Solomon, right here, does such a bad job, he loses two tribes. This is not a history of success. What it is, is a history of God working with a people, not a people who are perfect, but a people who are growing and learning how to get dressed so that ultimately there is a morning where one another shows respect, care, and love in not only what they wear, but what they do. What does it mean for you to respect the people who are around you? What does it mean for you to embrace God's love? What does it mean for a church to actually be a church? Does it mean we have a statue of Jesus? Does it mean we have a Bible? Does that make us a church? Of course it doesn't. Those symbols are only important to the degree that we have love funneling from God through our hearts and into the world. Being clothed on high, being given the power from God, is about our hearts doing what we were created to do, which is love one another. It's about having a harmony with our created purpose. It's about seeing God in places that you don't expect and living in a godly way, which is not about the outcome, but is about what I offer or what you offer. It's about the things that you put on to show respect for others, not about wanting to prove to others that you are better. What does it mean for you to get dressed, to put on a new outfit? What does it mean to be transformed? So that like the disciples, wherever you are seated now is a place where you're preparing for where you'll be sent tomorrow. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Boston Society of the New Jerusalem's Church on the Hill podcast. If you liked what you hear, consider joining us at 140 Bowden Street, Boston, for more. Or visit us on the web at churchonthehillboston.org.